Good evening, good evening on the Sunday night. Trust you had an awesome, powerful, victorious, overcoming week so far and also Sunday. We had epic services this morning. My word, we had a lot of guests and the word of God is really at work within our hearts. And this is tonight the opportunity to share again with you. Now, I want to encourage you about this week, the keys of faith, and we've done hundreds and hundreds of them that can impact people's lives, and it's going in book form, and all the stuff we do to help unlock the greatness that's inside of you. Now, it's so powerful because when you discover God already has made the way and prepared the road and the direction for your and my life to go. That's why we speak about commitment. Christianity is not about God. It's with God. That's why Paul addressed the Christians and he says, we are co-laborers with God. We're working with God, not for God only. There's a big difference in that. And we have made certain discoveries during this uh, services that we did and all the series that we are in. And that is so phenomenal to change lives and bring people to new hope so that they can understand nothing happens without commitment. It's commitment that's going to take us. And I said this morning, we have to go through the process to progress. No process, no progress. <laughs> and this is the thing, if you want to be Mr. Universe and bodybuilding, you need to go through the process so that you can have the progress of what's going to happen. It's progress to change and change you in a greater glory. Now, you must and we must do that. We must do it, not God. Take our life out of neutral. And I said this morning, you have only three options in our lives for what you're going to do with your life. You can live a whole life and waste time. Or you can be a person of impact. And this is what we are designed for, to impact the world, to be world changers. Otherwise, you can, and the three things that we said is that you can waste it on pursuits that don't matter. You can work your whole life and make everything possible. And at the end of your journey, when you look back, you think, my word, this was all in vain. Or you can, for the rest of your life, try to build a great name. Great names come and go. And you will only be remembered for one of two things you did in life. The problems you create or the problems you solved. And I want to be known for problems that we have solved and that we were people of impact that didn't just exist or survive or come to a certain point, what we call success, with cars and nice houses and money and fame. That doesn't mean anything when you, <laughs> excuse me, enter into eternity. What's important is to live a life of significance. Whose life did you impact? What legacy did you leave behind? And that's why we always said you have a few things what you need. You need a model, and our perfect model is Jesus. Paul, Peter, Timothy, Stephen, come on, John. We have perfect models out of Scripture. And then you can also, you need mentor, somebody that can take you by the hand, believe in you, teach you, unlock the greatness 
that's inside of you so that you can manifest what you were designed for. Now, not, we cannot just do it our way and walk the way that I think is right. There's a scripture that says there's a way that seems right to man, but the end of that road, the end of that journey leads to death. It leads to destruction. It leads to no value. We need to be people of value because we are bought with a price. Ephesians chapter number 2. Now remember before we go there what Paul was addressing and he was writing and to all the churches in Asia. And when he wrote to the church in Romans, he said, creation is waiting. Oh my word. The whole creation is like a pregnant woman in the last minutes when she knows she's going to give birth. And she's expecting, it says, for even the whole creation, all nature, waits expectantly and longs earnestly for what? For another coronavirus, another level, the Antichrist, the mark of the beast, what people believe. And we know there's certain truths to that, but they go to the extreme. The world doesn't even know what you're talking about. They are waiting for the manifestation of the true sons and daughters of God. Now, Scripture tells us who they are. It says in verse 14, For all who are led by the Holy Spirit of God are called sons and daughters or children of God. So I need to be led. I cannot be emotion-led and money-led and opportunity-led and fame-led and what, whatever leads they are. I can only be led by the Holy Spirit. And one thing about the Spirit of God, it will always lead you to conquer, to overcome, and in all truth. God's Spirit never leads an error, never leads to in contradiction with the Word. And Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, and For we are God's own handiwork. Say, I'm God's own handiwork. I'm his masterpiece. Oh, my word. You're the original. You're not a copy. His workmanship recreated in Christ Jesus. So for me to live out, I need to be recreated, born again. He says, born anew so that we may do. Without the born anew, I will do it my way and the world's way and go in the same direction that every nation tribe is going. But when I'm born anew, I have the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead inside of me. And I will be spirit-led, not emotions-led, not angry-led, not bitter-led. I'll be led by God's spirit. He says that we may do those good works good works, which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time. It's already weighed out. He says that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. That's why we are in the series about commitment. People don't want to commit. They want to live loosely, and <laughs> I use the example, they, they employ you for this job, and you say, sir, you must just remember, I don't come to work every day, I sleep late, 
I do it my way. And when I take a vacation, I do it as I want. I'm not going to stick to the rules. And this is where a lot of people, how they operate in their journey, in their faith life. They don't want to commit. No, I want to, if somebody needs me there, I can. No, no, no. You're part of a body. Ephesians chapter 6. The letter, the letter was written to the local church in Ephesus. He says, so that we can all build up my word, so that we can be in unity of faith, moving in the same direction. Otherwise, what's the use of <laughs> commitment? And commitment means, listen what God says in the word, and it says, for the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed, fully committed to him. God's way of doing, God's methods. And when we don't do it that way, then we're in trouble. And we've seen in this series certain things that we have seen the power of commitment. We've seen what happens when I commit myself. It shows my values. It shaped my life. It determined my destiny. And it also helped me to make wise decisions. I decide with God. <laughs> I'm not making the decision and I say, God, will you come and bless it? God said, no, no, if it's not my plan, I've already made out the path I have planned for you to walk. So I need to walk in that plan. And then we've seen the price of commitment, what it will be, and it's so powerful because the price to develop as a giant, the first thought in the morning, the first day of the week, the first portion of my money, oh, come on, somebody, and the first consideration and every decision is all about how I develop spiritual strength to become that giant in the Lord. <laughs> Destiny is decision. Making. You want to be everything you were designed and planned for? Starts with a decision of commitment. And then we've seen this also that when I said about the three choices you have, you can try to pursue everything and found out it was a waste. You can try to build a great name, I've said, but also either. You can invest your life in ways that will bring God glory and help a future generation to walk upright in that. That's why we have the Smith Wigglesworths and the Hagans and the Earl Roberts and all these D.L. Moody's that did that and the Pauls and the Peters because they have decided to invest their lives in that way. Through discipleship, Listen, true disciples is our committed people. They invest their lives in that what will outlast them. I don't want to be known for negative stuff. I want to be known for somebody that care and that want to see nations changed. That's what I want to be known one day for. And this is the, the powerful thing. And it all starts with that one word, commitment. Today we start speaking, and this morning, and I touched last Sunday on that also, the pitfalls of commitment. Now there's a scripture in the Bible that is so powerful. 
Satan is afraid that you will live out what you were designed for and that you will live your life mission. We all have a life mission. It's universal. God called us to live out a life mission. Oh, my word. And if we don't live out that life mission, we really don't live. We just exist. Go through the humdrum. Now, if you live to the age of 70 or how old also doesn't matter, you will be living 25,550 days. Oh, my word. And every day when you wake up, you exchange your life. You take time and you use your time for what you are committed to. Alcoholic, (laughs) think what they committed to. Drug dealer. Somebody addicted, they, they exchange their time, their life for nonsense, no value. But God never designed us to be that. He designed us from the beginning. He trusts you to be a ruler. He said and to uh, Adam, he said, God bless them. And he gave them complete dominion. You have it. You are a ruler. Say, I am a ruler. On the face of the earth, Satan cannot just do what he wants to. You have the authority over the devil and all his his, his fallen angels tonight. And he's afraid. He knows that Jesus said one time, he's the light of the world. Then Jesus turned around and he said, you are the light of the world. And you are the salt of the earth. Now, the pitfalls that we need to be very cautious about. When the author of the book of Hebrews come, and this is the thing of focus thieves. Focus. We are quickly so easily robbed from what we are supposed to focus on in this life. Now hear what the author was writing. And when he was serious about this, he was sharing the very thing that will take people on the wrong direction. Because whenever you face a challenge, there are two things you must never do. Whenever you go through a hard time, whenever you face a situation, two things never you do when you are in a crisis. Number one, never run away from challenges. Oh, my word. And number two, never let problems paralyze you. Now, we've all been there that you feel, dear Lord, how am I going to do it? Because we are here to fulfill our assignment to be successful, significant, significant, successful, are determined by what you are willing to ignore. Can I say it again? (laughs) You need to fulfill your assignment. And to be significant, successful, it's determined by what you are willing to ignore. I can either focus on negative or I can focus on what I was designed for and what Jesus paid for with his blood. Now, let me give you a few things to help you to understand. Because scripture helps us when we get distracted and uh, Jesus used the parable of the sower. Satan comes immediately to steal the word. And what happens is 
You need to stay focused. Say, I need to stay focused. Turn to somebody, say, don't lose your focus. Oh, my word. Because in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, amplified, for my determined purpose is that I may know him. I may know him. I may know him. That I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. That's what Paul tells the, the group in Philippi. He says, this is the ultimate. That's why I am determined. The purpose is that I will be more, that people can see Jesus in me and less of myself. Now, Paul is saying that his priority in life was to know God, know God. As well as he already knew God, he wanted a deeper, intimate relationship with him. Oh, my word, that's so powerful. He wanted to be in his perfect will. That's where we need to all to be operating. Live a life that was pleasing to him and to be an instrument of his glory. Oh, my word. Now, how is the question tonight? Do you make a closer relationship with God and you make that a high priority in your life? Now, this is in Isaiah chapter 64, verse 7. And there is none that calleth upon thy name, that stirreth up himself to take hold of thee. For thou hast hid thy face from us and hast consumed us because of our iniquities. Notice the, the phrase here, stirreth up. The W.E. Vines Expository Dictionary defines the word stirreth up as to kindle afresh. To keep in full flame. Oh my word, you need to stir up the flame inside of you. Vines also said that this phrase, he says, stirreth up is used, my word, as a fire that is capable of dying out because of negligence. And you cannot neglect the fire, the assignment. <laughs> would you say that your relationship with God has dwindled away? Because of neglect. Because of neglect. Has your prayer time been reduced to just uh, once a week or a Sunday morning or whatever, or just before meal times? It could be that you just need to rekindle tonight, tonight, your relationship with him. And how do you do that? Now, thank you for asking. T.D. Jake said in the beginning of the, of the covet, he said, 83% of Christians is not going to return back to, <laughs> to church. They're going to be disappointed. They're going to find out they built all the time on the wrong thing. It was not relationship. It was, <laughs> they think it was about God, but never with God. And everything is with God. Now, James chapter 4, verse 8 says, draw nigh to God. And he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. The Amplified says, wavering individuals with divided interest. Wavering individuals with divided interest. That's the most dangerous thing if you're not focused on your godly assignment and to build a great life. That's how the flame goes out. When you have divided 
interests. You can neglect your time with God. Now, Peter in the boat, and I've explained that with the eyes. When it was on Jesus, he walked on water. When he took his eyes off, he starts sinking. When the things of the world and your feelings and your emotions and what I want, listen, become more important than an intimate relationship with God. There's a song we sang many, 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 many years. The Harrises of Reiche Park could sing that. Years ago, I was the district superintendent with the church. And uh, when we did this conferences, the the family that came, the Harris family, and they sang a song. It says, I want to live the way he wants me to live. I want (laughs) to love the way God wants to live. How can I make a lesser sacrifice when Jesus gave his all? And this is very important for us to understand. When you believe situations and you develop divided interest, you no longer focus. You're heading in the wrong direction. When believing God for prosperity becomes more important than an intimate relationship, or I want to be famous, oh my word. Listen, then that's divided interest. That's why scripture (laughs) The people are so divided by the prophetic. And I believe in the prophetic. But we are not given permission out of scripture to be led by prophecy. We need to be led by the spirit. That's the sons and daughters of God. Romans chapter number 8 verse 14. What we were reading. Because at the moment people are led and they are stray. And and, uh, they need to pull out another rabbit out of the hat to keep people entertained. We're not here for entertaining. We are in a war. (laughs) A war. There's a war. Paul says you are in a war entangled. My word. Between the forces of darkness and light. Now, this is very important. Preacher, once I was listening to him. He said, one time he was praying and the Lord said, Stop seeking the provision. Start seeking the provider. (laughs) If you seek the provider, provision comes with him. Isn't that powerful? (laughs) The miracle comes with him. It's not enough to just be inspired. Inspiration is not enough because you have so much information. And when information doesn't lead me to activation, That uh, I will abort later on that information and it will become passive information while everything about God and the kingdom and about living is to be in action. Now, (laughs) that's why the starting point tonight for us is you need inspiration, but you need to develop inspiration to build up faith in you so that you can move into an activation. If God's word is working, come on, and it's going to come to pass in our lives, then it requires sustained focus. Stay focused. Satan is after the word. He comes to steal the word when? Immediately. And then he comes with all persecution and all kinds of stuff. If he doesn't steal the word, immediately he comes. That's why people say, I've been hurt. I've been there. We've all been. And and Natasha said a a powerful thing earlier a few minutes ago. She said, it's amazing 
People say, I'm hurt by the church, but they go to job and the, the manager is rude and the principal is cruel and the boss is so... But they never say, I'm hurt by the job. They have to go every day because they do it for a paycheck. <laughs> they don't stay away and say, I'm going to move out here and I'm not going to no longer work. And <laughs> no, 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 no. They, you need to be committed to the assignment in this life. Now, to develop an intimate relationship with God means that everything I have is His. I'm going to say it again. Develop an intimate relationship with God. Then everything I have is His. You have, if you married, everything in community of property, everything that belongs to you, Belongs to your wife. Everything she has belongs to you. That, that's what it means. You have an intimate relationship. Now Satan has many subtle ways of stealing our focus. And one is getting us to start murmuring, complaining, fault-finding, and not good enough, and self-doubt, because it seems that things are taking too long. No. You need to pursue. You need to hold on. You need to break through every barrier and every situation. So the first pitfall that we are speaking two weekends, two Sunday nights now, is about focus. You get distracted. Distractions are Satan's serious weapons against you, not to complete what you were designed for. The second thing we said this morning is the place of complacency. When I move in complacency, I don't make adjustments. I'm satisfied to live there in 1940. I never moved in 2021. And now I'm in a place of complacency because so many disappointments, so many that, so many. And we have a long list that we call. But this is when the author of the book of Hebrews comes in in Hebrews chapter number 12. He says, verse 1, Therefore then, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who have borne testimony to the truth, let us strip off. <laughs> Not God. He said, you and I need to strip off. Listen. And throw aside every encumbrance, unnecessary weight. I had the example this morning where I used luggage. And we are so packed with stuff that God said, I want to bless you. I want to do this through you. I want to do the next thing. But we have all these luggage and empty promises. And we miss the blessing of the Lord and die in this life. Listen, with access baggage that can never set me free to live out in the freedom you were called for. He says, encumbrance, unnecessary weight, and that sin which so readily, deftly, and cleverly clings to and entangle us. And let us run with patience and endurance and steady and active persistence the appointed course of the race that is set before us. There's a race. This race is not who's first. It's who finish. <laughs> not who's first, who finish. Looking away from all that will distract to Jesus. Here's it in the Bible. 
What distracts you? What is demanding more of your time, your energy, your money, your devotions, your commitments, that it, it requires so much that you neglect God? He says, looking away from all that will distract to Jesus. Jesus, who is the leader and the source of our faith. King James says he's, he's the author and the finisher of our faith giving the first incentive for our belief and is also its finisher, bringing it to maturity and perfection. He, for the joy of obtaining the prize that was beset before him, our model now, endured the cross, despising and ignoring the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. What entangles you? What takes you away that you become so complacent? He said, you must throw it away. Romans chapter 12, 11, and I'm closing. Don't be lazy in showing your devotion. Don't be lazy. <laughs> That's a very terrible, I'm tired. You're never tired. You go and work nine hours, 10 hours a day. And then you never complain. Then you go to the mall, then to the movie, and then to the theater, and then for dining and whining and whatever you do till midnight. But when it comes to the things, and that's got no eternal value, you get fat and you get ugly <laughs> and you get old. Now, listen, help me. And it doesn't impact nothing. It says use your energy to serve the Lord. That's in the GW. T translation of Romans chapter 12, verse 11. There's a great reward when I can stay focused on this godly assignment. I want to encourage you tonight. Stay focused. Even if it costs you to make adjustments in your life. Because another person, when you enter into the valley of death, not one person can go with you. It's only you and God. Stay focused. Develop yourself in that giant. I have the most awesome testimonies that people send us about this thing, what we are speaking right now, and say, I cannot wait for the morning to come that I will give God my first thought in the morning I and every day. And that I can give the first day of the week to him. I've, <laughs> it's amazing. In the 8 o'clock service, you know, the service starts at 8, finished 9, quarter past 9, sometimes 20 past. Then people say, oh, you preach long. But then they visit outside when the second service starts for another 20, 30 minutes. I always amaze me how people can operate in that kind of mindset. We need to have the mind of Christ. And I want to encourage you tonight that dare to start commit because <laughs> this is the closing scripture Romans chapter 6 13 give yourself completely to God not partially completely every part of you for you have been brought back to life and you want to be tools in the hand of God used for his good purposes can I say it one more time? Give yourself completely. How would you like to be married and half-heartedly the person is there and 
or you are in a business, your heart is not really, and you just do it to survive. You're never going to make us any success or significance of that. Same with God. He says, every part of you, for you have been brought back to life, and you want to be tools in the hands of God, used for his good purpose. Can I give you one more? Romans 12, 1. The one that we were reading, but I'm reading from the NCV. Since God has shown us such a great mercy, offer your lives as a living sacrifice to him. Your offering must be only for God and pleasing to him, which is the spiritual way for you to worship. You were designed by God to live out that seven unchangeable purposes and plan that God has for your life. It's unchangeable. You can never change it. God planned you for his pleasure. You've got to be a worshiper. Worship in every aspect. God formed me for his family. I need to belong to a family, to a local church, a local family. Not first the global, then first the local, then the global. That means I belong. You cannot make it on your own. We need each other. God created Adam and said, it's not good that he's alone. He made Eve. And I said this morning, I said to ladies, turn to your husband and said, you made out of dust. And then you say, but look at me. I'm made out of bone china because she's rib. Listen, number three, God created me to become like Christ. I must to be a disciple. I must be disciple. I never stop learning. Number four, God shaped me to serve him and serve people. Your gift, music, singing, talent, anything you do, what you do is to serve other people because greatness comes through serving, not who discover you, not who gives you a name. It's through serving. Jesus was the greatest server. He was the man with the greatest towel <laughs> on the face of the earth. He bowed down, went on his knees and started washing everybody's feet. Number four. That's ministry. You called for ministry. Go and make disciples of all nations. Number five, God sent me with a mission. I'm an evangelist. You are an evangelist. You need to win the last for any cost. He didn't say, just somebody who carries the tie. He said, everybody, you go now and make disciples. He who wins souls is wise. You need to. Called you with a mission to <laughs> evangelize the people called you to pray. He said, pray without ceasing. My word, when you pray, not if you pray. If doesn't mean, it means when. I need to pray. Pray single. Jesus withdrew himself and prayed. And at times there was the disciples and they couldn't even tarry with him to pray. Because God wants you to pray where two touching anything, it will be done. We need two people in unity. And number seven, God wants me to be generous, to have the heart of God <laughs> and the life of Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only. God was a giver. He's a giver. He's a giver. He's a giver. God wants you and me to operate in the ministry of giving, to be givers. If you can focus on this, I'll guarantee you, pastors, you'll have the largest churches. I, I, I encourage you, business people, your business will flourish 
Your family will flourish. Everything about you will flourish. Because if you obey, you are planted in the house and you will flourish in the courts. You will be like the cedar of Lebanon and the palm tree. And God wants you to stand firm and deep and make an expression on the face of the earth so that the world can see God doesn't operate in loosely things. He operates with purpose. He operates with a plan. He operates with strategy. He has everything worked out for you and me to fulfill this life mission. Are you ready tonight? Maybe you are watching and somebody shared this message. And this morning I was so blessed. A Greek lady came to me after the service, the second service. And she said, and she, (laughs) tearful, she said, I'm so excited. I've seen you preaching on the broadcast. And she said, I'm Greek Orthodox, but I understand what you say. She said, I just want to meet you. And I thought, my word, oh my word, that is something. But I want to introduce you to the great I am, to Jesus, the living Christ. It's with him that you can do all things. Paul says, with him, I can do all things without him. Be nothing. It's in him I live, I move, and I have my being. If you don't know Jesus tonight, and it's not to be religious. I've been religious my whole life. It's to know Jesus in an intimate way, what Paul says, to know him more. How do I do that? The Bible says, when I believe with my heart, confess with my mouth, I will be saved. And say, Jesus, I call upon your name. I acknowledge I am a sinner and forgive me. Wash me in your blood. Cleanse me, Lord. Lord Jesus, From this day, I want to serve you. Put my name in the book of life. And I want to be that salt and light that you said I am. And tell the whole world that Jesus saves in Jesus' name. I want to help you to focus. I want to help you to make a commitment to your seven most phenomenal things in your life that can change. It's a Matthew 6.33. If I seek first the kingdom of God and find out how God is operating and do it God's way, God's way of doing, then everything will be added. And God's way of doing, I must be a worshiper. I'm created by God for God, for his pleasure. Thou hast created all things for thy pleasure. I'm created to be part of the family. God was looking for a family. God, that's why we call him Father. That's why we call Jesus son, our brother. Hallelujah. <laughs> he's, he's in the family business. Come on, somebody. I need to become more like Christ. That's why I'm a disciple. I'm a learner. <laughs> I'm called for ministry, for serving. Greatness, serve. Make a commitment you're going to serve. Not a big shot that everybody needs to wait on you. Start waiting. Be a waiter for Jesus. And I'm sent with a mission to tell the whole world. Everybody wants to be missionaries outside the border. What in your own town? You'll be my witness in Jerusalem. Your Jerusalem is where you're staying. This Western King, where you stay in your town. What in the country you? <laughs> my word, you are that person. And they become a prayer person. Pray, 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 pray. And become a generous giver. Lovers are givers. How do you know that? Somebody loves God. He's a generous giver. He's not stingy. Doesn't live for himself, for herself. Loves always to be (laughs) devoted to the heart of God. We love you. If you're that person, say, Jesus, here am I. I make a choice. It starts with a simple choice to commit myself tonight and help me by your grace and mercy.
so that I can be committed. I throw away everything that so easily beset me and try to distract me and I'm going to focus on the author and the finisher of my faith. We love you, Gustav de Toy, Loftal International, Western Cape, South Africa. What an honor to serve you in your house. Oh my word, tomorrow it's a new week and we say happy, happy anniversary to Christ, <laughs> uh, to the Faith Fellowship in Grenada. Pastor Benny and Pastor Liz, oh, they're phenomenal. And I'm going to be with them uh, later when I'm flying out in the late weeks of November. And, uh, and that's going to be so powerful. And uh, by word, tomorrow night, the Zoom meeting with prayer. And let's pray. Also, if you want to be equipped for the work of the ministry, equip yourself. Come 7 o'clock at Eagle Street, number 3. And your life will be transformed Tuesday there at LWPC so that your, the name of the Lord, that's a strong tower, can be lifted high so that you can be everything God created you to be. Not a failure, not an accident to happen, but you're his masterpiece. He believe you can. And say it, say it, say it. Yes, I can. Yes, I'm going to do it. It starts with, with your willpower coming in line with God's power and you will have the mighty explosion until tomorrow. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And God bless you and we love you.